You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. It's Friday here. End of the week, thank God, March 10th in the House in Northern Command of CR. And you know what? I think we got to change the intro music of the conservative conscience. Aside from the fact that my buddy Joe Koss is no longer with the show, but he's definitely with us in spirit. He's our social media guy. He doesn't have time to join us, but I will get him back on the show one of these days. But anyway, half truths and hot air. We're done with half truths here. There are lies and damn dastardly lies. In my entire career, I have never experienced a week like this. I I was close to this during the Gang of Eight. If some of you remember, I helped lead the fight exposing the Gang of Eight amnesty bill in the spring of 2013. But the degree of intensity of this week just in general and then the degree of lies that I needed to debunk surpassed that week. There in, uh, I believe it was February or March of 2013. Uh, this is the first time I've had a chance in the last couple of days just to sit down. It's It's been a little quieter this Friday, thank God, and I could sit and have my group therapy session with you guys. It's therapeutic to me to just to speak the truth. God loves the truth. And um, it's therapeutic to speak what is right. I don't think... A word of truth has crossed the lips of Paul Ryan this entire week. This is a case where details and facts matter. And, you know, you guys see, I'm not going to rehash all the details of Trump care, Rhino care, Ryan care, whatever you want to call it. It is Obamacare. It's not just Obamacare light, Obamacare 2.0. It keeps all the essential elements, and even the few promised tweaks three years from now, if you understand politics and the mix of policy and what's going to happen by then, there is no way they will ever be implemented. Um, But there is a network of lies. I have a post out today explaining that in more detail. But for today's broadcast, I want to speak a little bit more philosophically and broader and zoom out. This is not just about healthcare. This is about everything that has gone on in politics the past generation and will continue going on if we don't change the game. The unibrow. Some of you guys heard me uh, on Mark Levin earlier this week, Sean Hannity, and I mentioned that the two parties are like a bad unibrow. (laughs) I say that because I have one myself. Um, They just meld together. Everything we have spoken about, some of you guys that that were some of the earlier listeners to our you know earlier podcasts were now, thank God, with God's help, we're on episode 97, approaching the big 100 mark. But you guys remember, we talked about binary choices, the idolatry of binary, the lesser of two evils, the lurching to the left of the Democrat Party, and it only moves the Republican Party even further to the left. The soft bigotry of low expectations in our policy aspirations. All of this is coming together. All of this. And it's all built upon a lie. 
The problem is politics is complicated if you don't really follow it properly. Policy is complicated, as it should be. I mean, the, the federal government shouldn't be controlling this, so we shouldn't have to know and learn about it. But this is what I do full time, so I take it upon myself to do that. This should be left for the private sector. And then all the process stuff. And it's very easy to it, it, it's very easy to get there and say, well, isn't a half a loaf is better than a full loaf? Well, Daniel, don't you have to compromise? Um, don't be a purist. Um, don't let the good be the uh, uh, the the enemy of the the good be the enemy of the of the perfect. You know, it's very easy to sit up there and deliver nursery rhyme platitudes. It's a lot harder to actually speak the truth. And that's why I've had a series of, of articles. I can't keep up with the lies. So um, a lot of you ask me if I ever sleep. Uh, this week has been pretty tough. You know, constantly doing media, constantly trying to help the conservative members. And by the way, I know there's going to be a lot of negativity in this podcast because there's not a lot of good to say. But just as a, as a positive point, um, and I, I don't mean to leave out names here, but Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Dave Bratt, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, um, Ted Cruz is finally coming back to himself. I don't know what took him so long. Uh, you know, there are people that are really holding the line. And, and it's very impressive. You know, it's easy to do what I do, sit behind a microphone, a keyboard, um, a phone call, and hold the line. But it's much harder to be in the arena. And, and you know, if you guys ever want to donate to someone, they have my full support, those people. Dave Bratt, um, Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, there's a couple more. But they've really been leading it. Um, it's not easy to be called into the office by your own sitting party's leader, who happens to be the president of the United States, and say, hey, I need this. This is what's good. And um, it's very hard to buck your party leadership when you have the presidency. Um, but if you listen to the last podcast, you'll understand that this bill is worse than Obamacare. It's a more insolvent version that will lead to a death spiral that we will then own. And it will be blamed, ironically, on repeal of Obamacare, which is a misnomer and a lie, and the free market. So it cannot go on. Anyone who's followed my writings or last podcast knows this. I'll you know re-up it in the show notes just, just to review. But to zoom back here, you know, what is going on very much is what you saw in ancient Persia. You know, in, in the book of Esther, in uh, chapter 8, verse 8, it talks about a writ that is, uh, you know, written in the, in, in the signature of the king and signed with the signature of the king cannot be rescinded. That's what our government is. No matter how odious, no matter how destructive, no matter how illogical, no matter how immoral the law is, if it comes from a Democrat, it cannot be repealed. And that, that's the history of the last generation. As I say a lot, Margaret Thatcher used to call this the ratchet effect. When the left gets into power, you turn the screws very tightly. And then when the so-called right gets into power, that is the new baseline. Meaning, you don't, forget about going back and reversing everything. The new baseline is everything that they've done. And the question is, how much more will you lurch to the left? So what they've been doing, and especially in recent years, they take... Rather than starting out, what is the true due north? What is the what is the best policy? And then seeing how far, how I'm sorry, how close to that policy we can get, how much we could achieve. They start out with what the Democrats 
not not just what they did. That's already they're never going to reverse that. What they prospectively would have done had they won this election as well, and say, all right, we'll move one to two deviations to the right of that and call it a day. What Daniel? You don't want to compromise, huh? Huh? Binary, binary. So you guys, I'm sure, heard it. Paul Ryan said it's a binary choice. This is it. So the funny thing is, on the one hand, he says it's full repeal. And then when we show it, uh, no, the regs and the subsidies and the Medicaid expansion are still there. Well, we, we can't get it all through budget reconciliation. Uh, actually, you could because one or two regs you actually do repeal. The more minor ones are repealed there. And the parliamentarian doesn't control the Senate. The majority party led by Mike Pence is the presiding officer of the Senate constitutionally. So you could take the advice of the parliamentarian, and usually you want to use their advice. But in this case, this is too important, and and the way of looking upon it is wrong. I, I rehashed this whole debate a while ago, um, and I have several articles on it. It's not worth getting into the details for now. And then they say, well, you know, Daniel, the pre-existing conditions, we don't want to. Oh, so is it that you are repealing it? Like the first thing you said, is it that you're not, but there's a process excuse that you don't, that you, you're not able to, or politically, you don't want to. Each one of those three arguments are wrong, but if you're going to throw three clay pigeons at me, it's kind of hard to shoot them all down at once. I remember the, they did this with the Gang of Aid, with the immigration bill. They would talk about it in three different ways. On the one hand, they'd say, this is not amnesty. And then they'd say, well, we have to do amnesty because you can't deport everyone. And that's a straw man argument. We've touched upon that many times. Um, and then they'd say, well, you know, the illegal immigrants do some good stuff. Well, okay, so is it that this is not amnesty or it is amnesty because it's a necessary evil? Or is it amnesty because it's a necessary good? Because you like them. And the reality is when someone's lying to you, that's how you could tell. They don't want to do it. They, they don't share your values. And they will always make excuses, albeit what, at, at any given time, the more you debunk, they'll just, you know, add on to that a series of lies. And I explain this in more detail how it relates to this particular bill over at our latest article at, at Conservative Review. But this is why we are where we are. The Democrats, they lie in pursuit of their agenda, in pursuit of their values. Our side lies in pursuit of the other side's values, literally to preserve Obamacare. And, and, and remember with the Gang of Eight, to draw another analogy, they ran ads against conservatives funded by, by pro-amnesty groups saying that, that the bill was immigration enforcement and how if you vote against this, you're supporting amnesty. Same thing here. You have Boehner allies running ads, running ads against conservatives that are keeping the promise that every Republican said to fully repeal Obamacare. And they're running ads saying, these guys are opposing repeal of Obamacare if they oppose this bill. This bill repeals Obamacare. These people are goddamn liars. And I, I just, I better stop here because I'm on the verge of profanity and I know my wife won't like it. Um, it's It's been a tough week. I can't stand the lying. You could debate... You know, there's political lies where you debate a policy issue. I think my policy will result in this. You know, like Obama said, 25 uh, premiums will come down by $2,500. People have better coverage, yada, yada. That's a political lie. But then there's a demonstrably false statement when you say the bill does this or it doesn't or it is. And, and it, it's demonstrably false. You could 
agree or disagree about why it doesn't do it or, or if it's a good idea if it doesn't do it, but you can't tell me it repeals Obamacare when it doesn't. They lie. But the problem is, and and this is this is what um you know those of you who who were with us last year when I would went through some of my ex- experience on the campaign trail in congressional primaries, it's the worst type of lying, because they run on our terms. Paul Ryan's out there saying our talking points. No, no, we're not worried about coverage numbers. We're worried about lowering lowering prices. Um, how do you lower prices if you are not repealing the regs and subsidies that distort the market? What element of the bill lowers prices? But again, it doesn't matter. You could just spew the platitudes. You spew the platitudes. But they run on our views. They use the money they get from the industries precisely because they're going to do the exact opposite of what they say to run ads saying they're doing what we want to do, box out primary challenges that way, get in there, do the opposite, and lie about it. I don't know what you do with that. You know, the Wall Street, I I meet so many people on the street that are Republicans, and they just watch Fox News and read the Wall Street Journal editorial page, and and they just spew nursery rhymes at me. You can't, we gotta do something. Yeah, I know we gotta do something. We gotta repeal the damn thing. This doesn't repeal it. Details and facts matter. And then their eyes gloss over. You know, and, and I'm struggling with this. A lot of people say, even on my staff, Daniel, a lot of your pieces are very detailed and wonky. You got to dumb it down a little bit. And I know, I mean, I, I just, but, but, you know, it's hard to give over in 300 words of platitudes. I, you know, I don't want to just sit over here and just say, Ryan is lying. No, it's not true. I, I explained to you why. And that's the problem. It's too complicated to give over on a bumper sticker. It's a lot easier to lie than tell the truth. Literally, the entire Ecclesiastes and Proverbs has played out this this week. But that's where we're at. We have a party this that runs on a scam of binary choices. And it was bad enough throughout our entire history. But the problem now is that the Democrats have become so extreme that this modus operandi of Republicans to start the Democrat thing as the the talking point, as the starting point, the Democrat baseline, that means that they're moving even farther to the left. You know, one of the pieces I'm very proud about this week is the piece I wrote about Mike Pence. What Mike Pence of 2003, when he was a conservative warrior in the House of Representatives, would say to Vice President Mike Pence about Trump care, rhino care. And you go back, I dug up a lot of quotes from the 2003 debate over Medicare expansion for you know Part D prescri- prescription drugs. And it's, it's shocking. It's shocking at, to, to see that what a conservative he was, what it meant to be conservative. He stood up to his own party. He did exactly what... Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan and Rand Paul are doing now. That's what he did to, to George W. Said the same things. Except the magnitude of what was going on was much less. Medicare Part D is, is nothing compared to Obamacare. In the budgetary cost, in, in the destruction of the private market, in terms of the, the, um, the debt, we would die to go back to 2003 spending levels, um, entitlement levels, dependency levels. We're not even asking for that. We're just asking to just erase the Obama-era stuff like we promised we do. 
And not only doesn't this do it, it adds a new entitlement. And by the way, like I said last week, once you agree, you can't look at this bill in a vacuum. You have to look at the cause and effect of what, what will happen before 2020 when most of it goes into place. Once you agree with their premise that we need to create um, a government-run system, albeit with a few tweaks, rather than a free market system to drive down prices, so you you agree with subsidizing people, then you're going to have all these stories that's coming out already. Well, these people don't will lose some subsidies because it's kind of a net. Some people will get more under the GOP plan. Some people will get less. So what you're going to wind up with is the greatest common factor of Obamacare and Trump care, not the lowest common denominator. So you're going to get they're they're going to have a cliff by 2020. Then what, what, guess what the baseline of 2020 is going to be? Oh my gosh, they're going to lose their subsidies. So it's going to be a new thing. How many times are we going to be like Lucy in the football? I, I sometimes I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. I have fought every budget battle, every intra-conservative party battle. Republican Party battle since 2011 when Republicans took over the House. And every time it's the same story. A couple months out from the inflection point, the Wall Street Journal editorial board, the phony think tanks, the thumbsuckers, they all say the same things I say. Oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. Oh, this is, I mean, this is going to blow a hole in the deficit, distort the market. And then when you come to the inflection point and it becomes evident that Republicans are not going to do what they said, well, what do you do if you're a Hugh Hewitt or uh, Paul, whatever his name is, Gidget, however you pronounce that, the chairman of the Wall Street Journal editorial board? You go to cocktail parties with Paul Ryan. These are your buddies. You can't turn on them. So now you have to lie and somehow repudiate everything you said until now and trash the people that are merely just holding the line on what you said. They don't believe in it. It's a game. Do you want to know how severe this is? I had a eureka moment um, yesterday. I don't know why it took me. It took me a few hours to to register this in my brain. But um, I'm looking here to try to find this. Okay. I, some of you who follow my articles religiously will know that I've been citing a study, a recent study from the American Action Forum, where they note that the regulations of Obamacare, it's a, it's a great study, are the culprit of higher premiums, not only for higher premiums, but they're responsible for, quote, an estimated $19 billion in lost wages, 10,000 plus fewer business establishments, nearly 300,000 lost jobs, $51 billion in costs, and more than 100 72 million hours of paperwork compliance. That will not be repealed under this bill. Yet American Action Forum, this is what took me a little while to catch on to, they are the C3, the think tank of the American Action Network, which is the political operation, running ads against Dave Bratt, Jim Jordan, Meadows, and several others for opposing a bill that keeps this in place. This is the degree of lying that takes place. So when it's a matter of policy, they'll have their think tank. Yeah, this is terrible. It's a joke. It's a talking point. When it comes time to do it, not only do they not want to do it, but they trash the people who want to keep the promise they were advocating for. 
This happens every time. It's a joke. This entire system is false. And, and, and look at this other joke. The American Action Network is run by a bunch of Boehner, never Trump staffers. And they weren't like, ne- like people are against Trump from the right, like, you know, Cruz supporters or whatever. They were people against him from the left, the Jeb Bush type of people. And uh, all of a sudden now, they're trashing conservatives who stood with Trump on immigration for not supporting Trump care. So now they're in with him. This is an utter disaster what's taking place. It's an utter disaster. Nightmare scenario. I want to move on to something else, but closely related. You know, I could sit here sanctimoniously and gloat and say everything I warned about, literally everything to the detail, what would happen with Trump came true. That you think he's a fighter that's going to flush the establishment, he's going to get totally taken in by them and actually twist the arms of conservatives who want to fight the establishment. That literally came true. You think he's going to flush the bureaucracy? He's going to get taken in by it. But I I have no desire to do that. That's my kid, by the way, screaming in the background if you hear that. My, my office is somewhat soundproof, but not fully soundproof. So I apologize for that. But um, But anyway, we heard this business about Oh, this is the most conservative cabinet ever. How's that working out for you? I hear from people, Kelly, Mattis, and Tillerson are an utter disaster. And Mattis is the worst, by the way. He, you know, he was, he's a patriot. He's a war hero, hero, great general. But he is a liberal Democrat as a matter of politics. That's the reality. I'm not talking about bringing on Elliot Abrams, neocon establishment types. He is bringing on Kerry Democrats. Um, my buddy Jordan Schachtel, he's our national security writer. He has a good article out there on um, Ann Patterson. He wants to tap her as the number three person. She is the original Benghazi liar that blamed Benghazi on the film. She is a Kerry person. She was Obama's ambassador to Egypt and then uh, undersecretary of Near East Affairs. Anti-Israel, pro-Syrian Al-Qaeda, pro-Libyan intervention. It's an utter disaster what is taking place on national security side, domestic side. And Trump complains about it, but then doesn't do anything about it. Because it's not just a matter of the deep state, the residual Obama premise presence. It's some of his own cabinet people that are bringing in new Obamacare losers. I mean, Obama losers, Obamacare losers too. But anyway, I, I could gloat and say I was right and just sit back and just write articles about that. But I want to be wrong for the sake of our country. And not only that, I am working my hardest to ensure that I'm wrong. I don't want that outcome. I want to move him to the right. I want to get him to do the right thing. And the few things he did good, some aspects of immigration, not getting rid of Obama's amnesty, by the way, because Jared won't let that happen. He's a huge problem. I've heard more stuff on that. But just so you know what's going on, and I am not going to give over any names and for the most part, the people that I have in mind, actually fully the people I have in mind, I have not spoken to. So in case the NSA is listening here, I've not spoken to these people. They are not divulging information, but I could just imagine what they are going through. There's a lot of good people that left to go to the administration, people that are friends of mine um, that have fought in the trenches, and they had the same idea. They didn't support Trump. 
again from the right not from the left um but they, they wanted to utilize every opportunity to speak to his good side to speak to his good qualities and to try to get stuff done and i cannot you cannot imagine what it's like to join a transition a landing team these people have never seen their wives they literally work 20 hours a day um and it's all for the cause none of it's about the power they so badly they want to cut the budget they want to cut regulations they want to end obamacare whether it's on the immigration side they feel this is our time they want to get stuff done so they went into the administration there's some of them my heart goes out to thinking there's one guy i think of in particular who has spent the last six seven years fighting obamacare fighting exactly what republicans are doing and he is actually in a position where he has to promote trump care and ryan care and it's it is soul crushing to think about it now some of you might ask well so these guys should leave i would imagine within a certain amount of time if things don't change they probably will but you know it's it's always a judgment call maybe i'll weather this storm and i could do other good things just keep that in mind. There are some really good patriots out there. There, there are people that want to do the right thing. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. I have no agenda. It's not about are you for Trump or against Trump. In the same week, I have been the most prolific defender of his immigration policies, but the most prolific opponent of Trump care. And it's consistent. We are conservatives. It's not about the person. We're going to continue to be consistent. But it is just soul crushing to think what happened there. It's it's terrible. But that is what is going on. Notice he hasn't fired the IRS commissioner, Koskinen, FBI director Comey. I called a firm to do that months ago. Mattis is just, oh my gosh, he called Israel an apartheid state. There's a lot more where that comes from. He is a very big problem. We're going to have a series of exposés on him. Again, God bless his military service, but he is a liberal Democrat. Um, you've had some generals that are Democrats. It's it's very common. You have the Jared Kushner problem. It, it it's actually by the way, it is known there's a blockade on Obama's executive amnesty. And, and well, I'm thinking so fast here. Let me first finish that thought. As far as Jared, he will not allow the repeal of Obama's amnesty. So people are trying to see how how we get around that. He will not allow a repeal of Obamacare. He will not allow the rescinding of Obama's transgender edict on government contractors. He will not allow us to end Oslo and the stupid two-state solution. And by the way, I mean, I'm seeing news about uh, the Middle East envoy. I forgot the name of the guy, but it's another Kerry guy that might be appointed. It's all coming from Jared. Who the hell elected this spoiled little brat? that knows nothing about policy, knows nothing about conservatism, knows nothing about free markets and the Constitution. People didn't vote for that garbage. That's not why they voted for Trump, for little Jared and, uh, Jared and Ivanka. If you want to go to balls and party, go do that and stay out of policy. But anyway, I digress. This is what we're up against, but just know there are some good people in there, and what you're doing is helping. Continue calling your member of Congress. You know, I was very concerned 
from the last couple of months that we didn't put our band of brothers back together. We have no move, movement. And I still think fundamentally we have no conservative movement. But as it relates to Obamacare, people remember the lie. They lie to our face. If we have the House, we'll do it. No, we need the Senate. No, we need the White House. Oh, well, no, there's going to be phase two. And by the way, just so you know, if you're going to lie to me and tell me that you need 60 votes to repeal the first time and you can't get it through budget reconciliation, how does that change in phase two? <laughs> what structurally in the process changes? It, hey, go chase that squirrel. And our guys fall for it every time. Do you not understand they don't share our values? It's not about process or strategy. Another thing I want to hint to, I can't speak to it now, but there is, and if you ask me, I'm not going to answer yet. <laughs> um, there is a pretty big primary challenge brewing in this somewhere in this country, and it will have national effect. So uh, I'm working on that as well. And that's where we are. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of steam here. I'm very tired. It's been a long week. I appreciate all your encouragement. Um, everything you guys have done, it, it just keeps me going. It, it, and I must say, more than almost any other week in my career, I actually feel like what we're doing is working here. Um, we are getting the truth out. A lot of the members are holding firm. You never know how long that will that will last. But we must remember to always speak the truth, walk in the ways of God, not look at the the players or the you know platitudes pay attention to detail pay attention to facts and make sure conservative review and crtv if you don't have your subscription it is the best 99 bucks you you'll ever spend an entire year of content cr is completely free my stuff you could get anytime i i, I have ensured of that i will not stand for that going behind a paywall um that needs to get out that's why i do what i do um, but we do have to eat. So on the TV side, um, 99 bucks, you get Steve Days, Steven Crowder, Michelle Malkin, Mark Levin on demand. We'll be, God willing, adding more this year. Not privy to all those details, but I know some more is coming. Um, support our buddies at Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithcr.com to get your ready-made meals and so you could store up in, in case we... Uh, have the unibrow Armageddon of the Republican and Democrats destroying this country and you can't find the supermarket, which reminds me, by the way, and I didn't mean to get into this. I know I got to run now or we're, I'm over my 30 minute limit here, but um, I didn't get a chance to talk at all about my, my, my blueprint. I'm very proud that at Conservative Review, we don't just oppose bad policies. We say what we affirmatively stand for, and nobody else has done this to put pen to paper 20 free market healthcare supply side and insurance ideas. This is just a blueprint. I hope to touch on each specific point in future individual art articles, but it just reminded me of the supermarket, um, a story that I think just encapsulates what's wrong with Obamacare, with with Ryan Care, Trump Care, and why we need to strive for something better. Boris Yeltsin, in 1989, visited the Johnson Space Center. He visited America, and he wasn't impressed by it. You know what he was impressed by? He took a stop, this was somewhere in Texas, I can't remember, to visit Randall's Supermarket. And he was walking through the aisle... And he 
he was blown away at the array of choices for orange juice. That's what it means to be America. Choice competition. Options. And this was before the internet was created, where you know options and consumer power is just unbelievable. That's what we need to take our cues from in terms of healthcare reform. And that's the vision I lay out, I'll link to in show notes. We need a party that speaks to that. We don't have one. But by golly, we're going to work as hard as we can to create that movement. And with your help and God's help, we will get there. Thank you again for listening. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conservative Conscience.